Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is absolutely no different. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit and mine as well. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of the sound financial strategy for both you and your business, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So today, it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be a super hot topic to help you succeed, as well as a fun way to deliver it. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. Let's face it, we only get one ride around this merry-go-round, and uh, we're going to make sure it is one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we get started today, let me give you a little bit of background about our guest. Todd Tresseter, the classic millionaire next door. Todd has spent years as an entrepreneur in the investment management industry. What he discovered was a massive contradiction between the principles that led to his own financial success and what is commonly taught in practice. He reveals unconventional wealth building advice and advanced investment strategy tips. He helps normal people achieve extraordinary financial results so that they can get off the treadmill and lead lives of satisfaction and fulfillment. I love that. Todd, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Jason. Glad to be here. Fabulous, fabulous. So, listen, before we get started, you know, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak, do me a favor. Take a second. Share your story with our listeners, would you? What, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Todd Tresseter? Uh, my passions have varied over the years. So I'm a serial entrepreneur since uh, grade school. I mean, you know, I started the route with paper routes and uh, had a boat refinishing business and uh, had a pool supply business through college. You know, so I've kind of funded my way through with different entrepreneurial activities. Came out of college, I had a crazy vision about how investing should be run. I thought it could be run statistically and mathematically. Everybody told me it couldn't be done. I was. It turned out I was actually an early pioneer in the hedge fund business. And I developed uh, mathematical algorithms for trading. Um, that's how I built my wealth, sold that company. And my next lunatic idea was that I could help ordinary people achieve extraordinary financial results. You know, taking the stuff that I learned over the years and turning it into a financial education business. So anyway, so I left the hedge fund business and now I'm in the financial education business. And that's where financial mentor came from. It actually came from kind of a, I'm not going to say a dare, but a challenge from my wife. Um, she saw a lot of people really wanting help, asking me questions, and I would really avoid the questions because 
they weren't really even asking the right stuff. You know, people were wanting hot stock tips and people had a belief about how wealth building worked and how the financial world worked. And there was just layers and layers of misunderstanding. And so I would just kind of blow off the questions and avoid them and kind of be standoffish. And she got fed up with it one time and just said, you know, why don't you do something with all this knowledge you developed? You know, it worked for you. Why don't you try to share it out and do something? And so I started doing it years ago, and it just became kind of this unhealthy addiction. And so that's what Financial Mentor is today. Very, very cool. Well, let's do this. And I, I do want to talk about Financial Mentor. Um, but I, first things first, you know, I've got folks really at every different level of development of their own financial success. So if we could just, you know, start at the beginning, um, I would love for people to kind of get an understanding. If you were coaching somebody from the get-go, what are a couple of the first, you know, brass tack suggestions you would give somebody, you know, to get them on that right path? Well, assuming that right path is to build wealth and achieve financial independence, I, that's kind of an implied assumption, but I just want to clarify it with you, right? That would be the objective? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So assuming that's the goal, then, I mean, this is going to seem stupidly obvious when I say it, but almost nobody does it, is you make that the goal. Like, you put that at the top. I bet you almost all your listeners actually make their business success their goal. Um, they're completely focused on their business, not on their wealth. And that distinction is not subtle. And so, yes, you do need a business, a successful business as part of your wealth plan because that's where the wealth is originally formed. But you also have to have a way to translate it over to the personal asset side. And then you have to have a way to invest those assets so they grow at a rate in excess of inflation to grow your wealth. So what I'm trying to communicate is there's various components to a complete wealth plan of which the business you're building is a smart part of it, an essential part of it. But you got to be clear that wealth is the – like imagine a corporate org chart in front of you, right? At the top, right now you're probably putting your business, and that's not where it belongs. It's actually a vice president. The top of the chart should be your wealth and the business feeds that as a vice president, just along with the other things along that vice president's line. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense, actually. I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, after I went to business school, I worked on a trading desk my entire life, and uh, I've actually never heard it put that way. Yeah, yeah, it's not common. And yet, if you think about it, I mean, almost all your listeners are making that mistake, and yet when you really think about it, it's obvious, right? If you want wealth, you have to make wealth the goal. Right. It's not growing your business. Growing your business is not wealth. Growing your business is a part of the entire wealth plan, but just one part of it. Right. And again, if the business is working for you rather than you, it. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. That totally makes a lot of sense. So that's step one. Where do we go next? Well, as part of that wealth plan, you have to convert the wealth created in the business over to your personal assets. So there's a lot of dimensions to that. So Wealth building in a nutshell is super, super simple. You can say everything you need to know about uh, wealth building in one sentence, which is you need to spend less than you earn and invest the difference wisely. So again, spend, spend less than you earn and invest the difference wisely. Again, these things are stupidly obvious, and yet almost nobody does them, and that's why almost nobody becomes wealthy. And so if you're looking at your business as your source of income, then you've got to have excess cash flow coming off the business and translate that over to the personal asset side. And this is where I see a lot of people making mistakes is they accumulate capital in their business when they're successful rather than translate it over to the personal asset side. And there's kind of a simple rule in managing money, which is you have to give every dollar a job. 
Because if you don't give a dollar a job, it will go unemployed. In other words, it will vanish. And everybody's seen this. Every entrepreneur's seen this. When your business gets flushed with cash, what do you do? You make a couple stupid mistakes, don't you? All the time. In other words, go ahead. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what happens. You have a cushion, right? So you'll go buy that course you probably wouldn't have bought otherwise, and you probably could have got the book for, you know, five cents on the dollar instead of paying for the course. Or you'll go hire that employee but not do proper due diligence and piss away that little extra money you had. Or, you know, there's all kinds of ways in which you'll make mistakes to blow the money down and get it back down to a struggle level. And so the key is whenever there's extra cash, you've got to ferret it away over to the savings or asset side and get it away from the business. You've got to keep the business running lean. Every dollar has to have a job. Love that. Wow. Okay. 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 That's perfect. What now? What else am I going to come up with, Jason? Well, you um, know, this is seriously, I mean, this is, again, it's funny because exactly as you said, it is stupidly simple. Yeah. Yeah. But while it's stupidly simple, um, I consider myself a relatively well-educated uh, person and I've not heard this before. Yeah, yeah, it's not com- it, it's obvious, but it's not common practice, and that's why most people don't succeed. Um, hmm. Most of these things are not hard. Here's another one we can throw out, which is your success is a function of your habits and your attitudes, right? Because mm-hmm. your habits and your attitudes will – the habits that you practice every day in your business and the attitudes that you bring to your business all have a compound effect. And so they compound in your business and they compound in your wealth Every bit the same as if you were depositing money into a savings account. You know how everybody's seen those uh, mountain charts? They're called mountain charts in the industry. Yep. Where if you deposit X dollars every day that it accumulates and it shows this little graph where it goes from the bottom left to the top right? Correct. Okay. Well, it's the same thing with your habits and your attitudes in business. All those things are compounding. And so it's all those little decisions are compounding. And so I have a favorite saying, which is your health, wealth, and happiness are a function of your habits and your attitudes. And it's, it's the same thing as your health, your wealth is going to be a function of, you know, the savings growth and the compound rate of return. It's all the same stuff. The principles are universal once you get the principles right. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. You know what? I actually want to step back for a second because sure. I'm willing to bet that somebody who's listening to this says, all right, you guys just glossed over like a really, really big thing. And that big thing was... We have to invest, you know, if every dollar's got to have a job, uh, we've got to invest it. Can you make a couple of suggestions? Like, how do you do that? What do they invest in? Um, because I'm guessing a lot of folks are sitting there tapping the pencil or scratching their head going, um, what do I buy? What do I do? How do I do that? Yeah, so that's a really fun question because there's several dimensions to it. One is you've got to get really clear that as an entrepreneur, I'm assuming your audience is entrepreneurs and that's yes. where the wealth is going to come from. As an entrepreneur, your wealth is coming from your business, and you want to be careful not to get too distracted by the investment side of the equation. Yet the flip side argument is um, you can delegate the authority for your investing, but you can never delegate the responsibility. In other words, you have to de- you have to develop within yourself enough financial intelligence, enough investment intelligence that you can make the right decisions yourself. You at least know when somebody's a charlatan versus somebody's telling you the truth about different investment strategy. And so there's this kind of this fine line. You don't want the investment side to distract you from growing your business and putting your time, your valuable and limited time, into the one place where it's going to have the highest return. And yet 
you've got to dedicate some effort to the investment education side because ultimately you reach a crossing point in your wealth growing equation where the growth of your existing assets is more important than your ability to add to them. And so you have to prepare your financial knowledge for that day because eventually it will come if you're successful. So it's kind of a double-edged sword is what I'm getting at. It's not like a simple little soundbite solution I can throw at you. Um, it's, you know, it's this two-edged sword where you, on the one hand, focus on your business because that's your source of wealth. You've got to develop that. Um, so in the early going when you don't have a lot of assets, you can do things that, and this is going to fly in the face of almost what every investment advisor does. You can do something as simple as just a savings account. Just get it out of the business accounts and into a savings account and get the funds segregated so that you can't touch them. Another thing you can do is you can do the deferred retirement plans, tax-deferred retirement plans. Because the nice thing about that is that puts a fence around the money so you can't get to it easily. And that keeps you from tapping it in a convenient way. It makes it difficult to tap, and that means it's less likely to get tapped, which is important. Um, when you need it, because you can almost always find a solution to financial troubles. However, if you have a savings account, then you'll just go tap it because that's the easy solution. Right. So the, ni the nice thing about tax-deferred accounts is, that, is they put a fence around your fortune. Now, is that, um, are you talking about more like 401k or? Yeah, 401ks. There's, there's a variety of ones, SEPs, IRAs. Turn to your account and ask them what's the most efficient way to get money over the tax-deferred side. Okay. And a, a good accountant should be able to help you depending on your specific financial situation and how your business is structured. And that's going to be beyond the scope of this interview, but a, a good accountant can help them help each person with that based on their situation. But the idea is get that money over the asset column and just don't worry about investing it in the early going because the return on investment isn't that important in the early stages of your wealth building equation. The most important two numbers in the early part of your wealth building equation is your savings rate in relation to how much you spend. In other words, like if you're saving 50% of your income, you'll be financially independent in very short order. If you're saving 5% of your income, it's going to take you pretty much a lifetime to get there, if at all. And so your savings rate as a percent of your income is the key number to focus on in the early stages of your wealth building. So don't get too hung up on the investing side. Just start developing your investment knowledge over time in the evenings, reading books, learning more. You know, get the basics down while you have small dollars at risk. And then later on... As your wealth grows, the, the main numbers are your investment return minus inflation. So your net investment return of inflation becomes the key number in your total wealth building equation. Absolutely. So long-winded answer, but I was just trying to give some context to this to always understand as an entrepreneur, your wealth is coming from your business, but yet you do have to pay attention to that investment side. You just have to play it out in sequence over time correctly. So hopefully that makes sense. No, actually, you know what? It, make, it makes a whole lot of sense. And the fact that, um, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've heard it before where, and, and I remember doing this, you know, at my first job where my boss had sat down and said, all right, well, here's your 401k and start with, I don't know, 10% and see how much less you can live on. Yeah. And keep stepping up by a percent, by a percent, by a percent, by a percent. He's like, you're never going to miss it. Won't matter. Well, the good, another good strategy I like is that you take all pay increases and all bonuses and shovel them into savings. Because uh, if you don't have the habit of spending it, you won't miss it. Got it. And so that was, that was essentially something, that was one of the ways I did it. So, like when I came out of college, I went into the hedge fund business. I was used to a college kid lifestyle. And I was very happy with it, too. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. And so that's what I maintained once I got a very large income. And so I was shoveling a massive amount of money in savings. It was more than 70% of my income went in savings. 
And that's how I was able to retire so quickly was I, I rapidly increased my income, but I never increased my spending rate. And it just all went over to savings. And I never missed it. It never meant, meant a thing to me. As a matter of fact, I can still remember because I was accumulating wealth pretty well. And I'd always wanted a tournament ski boat, right? And I thought, you know, what the heck? You know, I, I had this vision, you know, young kid and everything, you know, young male. I wanted the cool four-wheel drive truck with the tournament ski boat. And so, like, like you know, I had the money, so I went out and bought it, right? And uh, what a stupid decision. I, I, I figured out later on that what I really loved doing was playing beach volleyball with my friends. I would sit on the beach playing volleyball with my friends, then having my boat in the water and having to figure out who's going on the boat and anchor it and launch it and pull it back off and maintain it. And so I kept it for two years and then finally just sold it, and I was happier without it than with it. Well, that, that, that actually brings up a really good point. You know, how do you, um, because I know I've seen a lot of my clients go from, you know, really just starting out to starting to really bring some, some decent numbers in. Um, how do you resist that urge, you know, to go out and buy a Porsche or buy a, buy the new Benz or, or get the Mammoth Mansion or how do you, uh, how do you do that? You, ha you have to become clear that happiness is based on experiences, not stuff. You know, the fu a fulfilling life is all about experiences. It has no relationship to stuff. The research is really conclusive on this, and my own experience bears it out, which is once you're, you know, once you have the basic comforts of life, um, more does not equal better. And, you know, th that's, that's been shown time and time again in research. Whereas what does show, and again, research pans this out. I, I mean, I was saying these things before I saw the research studies. They just supported what I'd already concluded from my own life was that when people do use, use money to buy experiences, they do find it increases uh, the satisfaction in life. Huh. Uh, so, for example, you know, I went helicopter skiing. That was always one of my dreams. And so that was an amazing experience. I did it once. It was cool. But, you know, I didn't really feel like I needed to go repeat it every year. It's not like something I want to lavishly spend money on. But I always wanted to try it. It was cool. Um, a lot of other experiences like that. But, you know, I find camping with my family. We have a motorhome. We love traveling around camping. doesn't cost hardly anything. And uh, it's some of the best vacations we've ever had. I love that. And i, and I got to tell you, I mean, I think this is this is so important for everybody to hear. Um, absolutely everybody, you know, I, I live in, I live about an hour outside of New York city and, and I will absolutely say that where I live, there's definitely a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. Oh yeah. And that can get dangerous fast. You know, I've seen that happen in the, uh, in the industries with which I work. This one bought this and this one bought that. And this is important stuff. Yeah, you have to get clear on your goals, you know. Every time, it goes back to that idea I shared earlier about giving every dollar a job. Are you going to give that dollar a job towards lifestyle today? Or are you going to give that dollar a job towards freedom tomorrow? You have to decide what values you're going to allow your money to honor because there's many conflicting values that you may have and very many conflicting goals. And so it's really around clarity of mind, and it's not about doing without. I mean, you know, we have nice luxuries in this family on occasion, but it's not our pattern because we don't mistake the fulfillment of our life with stuff. It's, it's just, I'm clear on that. And so once you're clear on that, you can allow yourself treats every now and then. Like we, our family did the obligatory Disney world vacation, which if anybody who's taken their kids to Disney world knows that's not a cheap experience. Um, particularly if you stay on property and we just did it up. We did it 
the right way and we stayed on property and we didn't cut the corners and it was a ridiculous expense and we had a ball. It was a really fun treat and the whole family knew it was a special treat. And it was a great vacation, but we don't do stuff like that all the time. That was just appropriate for that situation. But again, it was the experience. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And we, we were buying an experience, you know? So anyway, I, the key to spending is to connect your spending to your deepest values. If you're honoring your values with your spending and you get clear on what truly brings happiness and fulfillment, it usually is not a problem. Where, where spending problems kick in is when people get really lost in that whole um, malaise. And again, anybody who's done this stuff knows. I'm not saying anything, it's not obvious, right? Anybody who's bought a new car, it's like so cool for a little while, right? And then the new wears off of it and it's just your car. Correct. Right? You get a new suit. You'll look so sharp in it for a while, and then it's just the suit you wear. It's true with anything we buy. Because it, here's, here's, here's the fundamental truth, Jason. Anytime you project an internal value, in this case fulfillment and happiness, onto something external to you, in this case money, stuff, things, goods, whatever, you're setting yourself up for disappointment because you can't have an internal experience with an external thing. It's, it just doesn't work that way. So that's the logic of why it's fundamentally a, a wild goose chase that never will work for you. Huh. That's, this is spectacular. I, I, I really enjoy this. All right, Todd, it is time for our resource of the week. So tell me this. Um, how can my listeners find out more about you and how you are helping people to uh, define that wealth? Yes, yeah, so my site is financialmentor.com. That's all one word, financialmentor.com. And anybody, new subscriber, anybody that comes in, signs up, I got a free email list and I send out, you know, articles probably about twice a month. I'm known for pretty lengthy, detailed stuff. Um, I try to analyze the subject and give a full analysis of it. So I do about twice a month. But anybody that subscribes to that email list, they'll get uh, two free gifts. They get a free book called 18 Essential Lessons from a Self-Made Millionaire. And then they get uh, 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom. And the 52 Weeks to Financial Freedom course, no, we're not get rich quick around here. It's um, What it does, though, is in 52 weeks, it's a free autoresponder email course. And it will give you the principles and the outlines. A lot of the stuff we talked about here, but a lot more, it gives it to you in a sequential email uh, course that you receive. And, again, it's all free. It's just how I build relationship with people by giving them value. Fabulous. All right, so www.financialmentor.com. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. All right, Todd, one final question, if you would. Um, if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or, more importantly, help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, God. You know, it's so hard not to throw a cliche out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because, I mean, in hindsight, I'm, 50, I'm 54 now. And so I built multiple businesses, as I said, um, had success, and it really is the journey. Um, I know that's such a cliche, but it really is all about the journey. It's not the destination. And it's so hard because we have our businesses, we have our goals, we're struggling, we got all these obstacles to overcome. And guess what? That's the journey, man. I mean, those obstacles every day are what it's all about. Um, there's a, a great saying, and I'm only medium at living this, by the way. I'm almost talking to myself here, okay, because this, this is a tough one. But there, there's a great line on this, right, where you think about, imagine a football game where there's no opponent, right, or the opponent's super weak. Like, can you think of a more boring game to watch, right? Not at all. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, that's what the trials and tribulations of your life are. That's the opponent on the football field that makes this game worth playing. Huh. In other words, if this game were easy, right, if everybody could just march right over it, it wouldn't be worth having. And so you're up against challenges just like, and that's what makes the victory great when you get there. So try to live that. Like I said, I'm struggling with it myself, right? I haven't lived this my whole life. I've been, I've been, I've, I'm as guilty as anyone of playing for the end destination. But I know that it's right. And when I live from this position, I'm much, much happier. It's fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous insight. Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and it means the world to me that you'd share some time and your wisdom with us. All right. Thanks for having me on the show, Jason. Hope it was helpful. Absolutely. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them. Folks, this has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.